Johnny, it's Dylan James coming over the airwaves, as always. And tonight, we have a very special show, very special guest host. JT is not here this week. He is working a lot of Under Armour shifts this week, so we had to find somebody to fill the shoes. Now, I think I've done pretty good about filling the shoes this week. I hope so. I mean... I'm flattered. Really. Yes. I'm a big fan. Yeah, well, we're a big fan of you. Oh. Our local hockey analyst, Scott Dressler, is on line, is here. Actually, not on the line. Here. I'm here. He's in the, in the room yep. with me. He is across the table in JT's normal spot. I, I just hope that I can live up to uh, the normal expectations around here. I know I, I was guest last time, yes. so I got, uh, I got the call up today. Yeah, so, you got the call up. We'll see how it goes. You came up from the minor leagues. <laughs> uh, the, the, I got the call at 10 a.m. I yep. hopped on the bus. and There you go. You're here. Made You're it here. in time. So. Yeah. Unfortunately for the Predators fans out there, Tolvanen did not get the call up from the KHL because they yeah. won My- in five overtimes. Just, just end it. Tolvanen, just come over here already. Come they, to Nashville, they, please. They got the visa worked out the last time that I heard. Yeah, they um, got the visa worked out. They have this they have the the contract in place. All that all it has to happen. Jockrit has to lose. And if they lose, guess what? Tolvanen's hopping on a plane. Quick. Are they playing St. Petersburg? Because if they're playing St. Petersburg, Putin's got her rigged. I, I don't know. That whole it, it was KHL C H Yeah, something. C H uh, it was four letters starting with a C. I'm not really sure because I don't really follow KHL. But right, um, yeah. today, however, I had to watch the stream because I okay. was sitting there. I looked on Twitter and Twitter was blowing up. All my Nashville Predator fans out there were blowing up on my Twitter feed saying, oh, they're going into overtime, you know, 1-1. It was the second overtime when I started watching and it just kept going just and goes. going and going. Um, the other team actually scored a goal in the fourth overtime, but it got overturned on goalie interference. Don't you hate when that happens? Do we know what goalie interference is anymore? We do don't. We, here in, or in, Russia? In, in Russia, though, that was goalie interference. Okay. That, in that game, I could tell you as a fact, it, it, it was, was goalie, goalie interference. interference. Okay. Here in the NHL, however, we don't know what goalie interference no, is. No, we don't. At We're all. still there, trying to figure it out. There have been several examples over the past... I don't know, season that we can point out saying that was goaltender interference. And then the referees thought otherwise. Yeah. Did you see there's a, there's a tweet going around right now of the refs. Like it's a parody, but they're trying to figure out how to define goaltender interference. It's hilarious. <laughs> it, it, it got me. I mean, it's, it's a running joke. My now. Wednesday night. Last it's night. a running it joke. Beautiful. The NHL needs to fix it. Um, anyway, that was our opening. <laughs> We're not even talking about start, hockey folks. yet, what but start. Hey, it's great. Um, we also have a very special guest joining us today. Later on in the Titan segment, we'll get to her momentarily. So, uh, Scott, since you've come on the show last, how's it been going? It's been going well. Uh, you know, just been uh, lots of work, as we talked about before. Lots of hockey. Yes. Hockey's been beautiful. Um, it's been a fun season. We'll get into it. Yeah, we will. Uh, I, won't, I won't delve any more in uh, March Madness. What can we say? I mean, I, beautiful time of the year, right? I, I'm at a loss for words when it comes to March Madness. How's it's, your bracket? Oh, dead. It's it, done? It, it's done. Dead in it, the water, it's been right? buried since round one. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's done. I don't think... I have five or six brackets, I think. And wow, I think busy of, guy. Oh, I know. Of the brackets I've filled out, I believe two of them are in the 80th percentile. Okay. But Those then the other, the other ones are like 20s. Yeah, you're, and, but, you're but done. They're in the 80th percentile right now. But we haven't moved into the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final well, Four. Yeah. So they're not, they're not even calculating... The teams I've put in those positions, they're no longer in those positions. Yeah. So I, I won't be there very long. No, yeah. We, I've got a couple of brackets, but the one I care about is the the one that I'm in with a, a bunch of buddies from the house that, gotcha. I, uh, that I reside in. And because that's where the money is. That's oh, where you got to worry that's, about that. My 10 bucks that I put in. That's one rule I have. I will never bet on March Madness brackets. It's tough. Because it's, 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 it's risky. It's one of those things. It's very risky. I did win the DVC pool last year. Uh, I did. We did, we did not have any money. 
Okay. We didn't have any money. Um, and also, I was the one who set rights. it up. I set up the bracket, so I didn't even take the prize that we were giving out in in the org- in the group. So I actually gave it a second place because I said, look, I just entered mine just for fun, but I still have bragging rights for the next oh, year. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I, I already gave up my crown. We have the new pool happening right now. I I think I'm okay. I haven't. I have them on my counter over there in the kitchen. I think I'm doing okay in the bracket. It's just that I, I think that I'm not going to be doing very well after the next few after rounds. After the next one. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how yeah. tonight goes. We'll, we'll see. see. I still don't think I will do that well. <laughs> but I think a lot of my final four is pretty much done. I think I think at least three of my final four in my top bracket are already done. Yeah, I've got three yeah. right now. Virgi- Virginia kind of gave me a boot in the rear end. Yep. But yep. Every, everyone else is... Kind of like, hey, you're all right. You're, you're doing great. We're, keep going. Keep yeah, going. we're gonna we're gonna help out. Come on, Zags. Also, we're watching the Predators and Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm sorry, not Tampa Bay. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs game. I'm, I'm in a fury because the Predators just scored a power play goal from Victor Arvidsson, who's been lighting it up this season, and he's on pace to have a really really good season when it comes to goals. Last year, he scored 30 goals. Him and Philip Forsberg were 30 goal scorers, and it looks like Arvey's get into that same form again so playoffs are coming right around the corner and we'll talk about that later in the game later in the show anyway so let's move on to nfl news nfl free agency was just a madhouse it was nuts right when free agency opened up even before free agency opened up we knew where kirk kirk cousins was going he was going to the vikings well he's a minnesota boy right he's a he he is a i believe he is a minnesota boy so i mean kirk that contract he got fully guaranteed yeah. So that's I mean, last week. If we would have had a show, which we didn't have a show, um, and I should have done this tonight, but I'm going to say it now. Um, I was going to actually have NFL team owners as my loser because they're going to have to probably start doing guaranteed contracts now. Yeah. I mean, once you establish it for, for a guy like Cousins, I mean, how do you not for all these guys, you know, next year or, you know, especially with the draft coming up, you know, it's. It's going to be these these guys want their money. Yeah, and you see guys like Marcus Mariota. You see guys like Jameis Winston. They're getting closer and closer to a contract deal. And, I mean, their rookie contract's almost up, so they yeah. have to get a contract. And if Kirk Cousins is getting guaranteed money, you better believe those players are going to get yeah. guaranteed oh, money as sure. well. Unless they want a hometown discount like Tom Brady did, like Drew Brees has done. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Um, so... Kirk Cousins went to the Vikings. Case Keenum went over to the Broncos. Sam Bradford went over to Arizona. Uh, and also wide receiver Paul Richardson went over to the Redskins. Allen Robinson went to the Bears. Sammy Watkins went to Kansas City. Uh, another big move today, Jason Pierre-Paul went to the Buccaneers. So we have a lot of movement going on in the league. It seems like it's a lot busier than it was last year. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't remember last year it being this crazy. It's, it's, been, it's just been like every hour on the hour. It's yeah, new. it's been nonstop. The free agency period, we were hearing about deals before the, before the, the bell sounded. Before the bell sounded, exactly. We heard deals for Deion Lewis for the Titans, going right. to the Titans. We heard about, um, you know, just all these different players already agreeing to contracts. And, I mean, it was quick quick um you had to have your finger on the dial um if you were a reporter reporting all of these contracts i mean yeah adam schefter was very busy i was gonna say your twitter fingers are probably ian rapaport yeah they they got carpal tunnel just because fingers. of this past exactly. weekend i mean it was absolutely insane but um of those free agency signings which player do you think will do the best for his team or which team did the best in free agency I, I think the Vikings. I mean, you know, they picked up they picked up Cousins, and their offense is already. I, I believe who's it? Najee, Najee. Yeah, yeah, uh, from the Chicago Chicago Bears. Yeah, I think he's just going to take that offense and just put it through the roof. Um, I mean, they were scary last year, so they're obviously a, a Super Bowl favorite this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think between between the Vikings and the Bears, that's going to be uh, two of the bigger teams that this offseason did really, really well. Mitchell Trubisky got some weapons there in Chicago. I think yeah. they really did well, too. I would have to agree with you there. But another big move that I mentioned before was Jason Pierre-Paul going to Tampa Buccaneers. I mean, that's a huge move for the New York Giants, and that's something that they probably need to address in the draft this year. Um, they we We're talking about Chubb, possibly on the yeah, NFL Network too. early today. ESPN was talking about Chubb too. So that's a player that they could possibly go after and get. But, 
you know, in the first round, they've got a very, very high draft pick. They got number two, right? Two, two yeah, overall. So two they, right they they have a really good draft position. But is that a position they address at number two? Do they wait until later in the draft? They did get some draft stock. They got third and fourth round pick from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So do they use that at, at to their advantage uh, with dealing and possibly moving right. down in the draft? And that's what we were saying. The, the NFL draft, there's the most potential for picks to move in that first round. You yeah. don't see it in yeah. a lot of the other major leagues. So I think that, you know, especially with what they bring in from Pierre Paul, do they make a move and maybe, you know, find another pick in the top 10? Who knows? Yeah, and um, I, I think that could potentially happen. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think they should address that at the number two pick because I yeah. think Chubb would still be available later in the draft in the first round, if not the second round. Absolutely. But I mean, you just, ha- those are some variables they, they should have avoided. I mean, I think that that was something that they didn't necessarily need to do unless they know something more than we do. I'm not really sure. Um, but it kind of came to me as a surprise this afternoon whenever I found out and um, we'll just see what happens in the draft and see if the giants are able to get themselves a pass rusher and also they just need to address the defensive line as a whole. I mean, that, yeah. that line did not look good last season um, against the run, against the pass. So, I, you know, Jace Pierre-Paul was their star pass rusher. So, And he's been there forever. Yeah, he's been there for years. So. I mean, years. So we'll see what happens with the Giants coming up in the draft. And now let's move over to some Titans talk. So now joining us on the phone line is a very good friend of mine. We actually met several years ago, right when she started with the Tennessee Titans, she actually came to Cookville, Tennessee, started with the Titans caravan there as an intern. And now she is the communications coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. The very lovely and talented Amy Wells is on the phone with us. Amy, thank you for joining us on the show this evening. That was uh, quite the introduction wow, there, guys. Introduction. I, uh, that was like my second or third day of working with the Tennessee Titans like ever. And, um, the caravan will always have a special place in my heart because, man, that was a terrifying way to start a job. It was. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you, you just hit yeah. the road right out of the gate. And, I mean, it was it was a ton of fans there. But, I mean, you did a great job. You're still doing a great job with the organization. We'll talk a little bit more about what you're doing now with the organization and uh, with the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, on your uh-huh. official Titans podcast. But let's start off with some Titans talk. So let's talk about Mike Vrabel. He got hired this summer. So with this hiring, um, how is the overall atmosphere in the locker room? How's the overall atmosphere in in Nashville? Um, How is he being received by the players? Well, players haven't come back until April. They haven't come back. They come back on April 9th. Excuse me. And, um, but with the guys that I have talked to, everyone has talked on the phone with Mike Vrabel. Everybody has been in contact with him in some way. Um, a ton of guys have been through the facility, of course, whether they're, they're training or they're just back for a weekend doing personal business, whatever that is. So a lot of guys have been in and out and have met with Mike and really seem to like him. Um, in the actual building, you can tell that there's a buzz. You can tell that there's something really exciting that's happening right now. I'll tell you what, those guys came into the office, Mike Vrabel, the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, their whole coaching staff, and they've hit the ground running. I mean, he was hired in January, February, and the season doesn't start with players at all until April. They've been in the office every single day since that staff was put together. Um, So they're definitely super serious about it. They're definitely chomping at the bit. I think they're really excited to get players back in in a couple weeks. But it just it's a very exciting time to be a Tennessee Titan because if you think about it, the Titans made it to the playoffs, and they made it to the second round of the playoffs. It wasn't just a fluke that they were there. Um, a lot of this team is coming back. A lot of the big pieces are in place. And now we have the guy to do the job and steer the team in kind of a different direction. Still build on the success that they have. Still try and maintain that consistency a little bit. But just steer it in a slightly different path that hopefully can give this team the little push it needs to keep going deeper into the playoffs. And with John Robinson, he has brought in this team-first atmosphere, um, this grit, this determination to, um, you know, fight for the guy right next to you. And with that, I mean, we do have some big free agency signings that have happened this offseason. We had Deion Lewis from the New New England Patriots. We also had Malcolm Butler from the New England Patriots as well. And Logan, Mm -hmm. Logan Ryan had a huge hand in recruiting those guys to Nashville. So with those two signings, which do you think will 
do the best for will do the best for us with the Titans organization and make the um, the biggest the biggest uh, splash in the organization this year. Gosh, I think both of them are going to in different ways. I mean, you can never have too many defensive backs, obviously. Malcolm Butler is a beast. We know this. His ball skills are awesome. He is a tackler that is just incredible, especially given his size. He's not the biggest guy out there. Um, but he can. if he can catch you, you will be on the ground. And so he is such an exciting addition to that defense that has guys like Kevin Byard and uh, Adoree Jackson and now Malcolm Butler in there. It's just going to be a really fun group to watch. And it's going to be interesting to see how they move all those pieces, parts around throughout the training camp process to see kind of what personnel groupings seem to be the most effective. So that's something I'm really excited to watch. And then Dion Lewis, mixing him, a guy who is so fast and a guy who is so shifty and has such awesome ball skills with just the um, punishing giant human being that is Derrick Henry. I'm really excited to see how those two guys are used kind of whether it's rotations, whether it's both of them on the field. I don't know what they're going to do, but I know that it's going to be such a cool thing because Deion Lewis in the playoff game against the New England Patriots ran all over us. I was just talking to Brian Arakpo a couple days ago, and he said, oh, my gosh, that guy gives me nightmares. <laughs> like I can't <laughs> stop thinking about how much he was running all over us that game. And we knew he was coming. It was just he's shifty. So I'm really excited to have a player like that who can do so many good things. I mean, he can catch balls as well. So I think that both of those guys on their respective sides of the ball are going to have a colossal impact. And I'm so glad that they're here. And we can't forget that we re-signed Daquan Jones too, who was having a remarkable season. He was just like growing, growing, growing. And then he had that injury. So I think that we're going to see a better version of Daquan Jones. I think that we are going to see him healthy, hopefully, and he's going to be able to build on the success that he was just starting to have when he went down. I agree. I'm very excited to see his uh, development in the in the new system we have, um, and it's going to be fantastic to watch him on the field. And also with Deion Lewis, we have Derek Henry and Deion Lewis. It's going to be kind of like the smash and dash era once again in Nashville. It's mm-hmm. the smash yeah. and dash 2.0 when we had Lindell mm-hmm. White and Chris Johnson the first time. So it's going to be very, very exciting to see that um, take place in the Titans organization. Now let's move over to a free agent that we're kind of trying to swoon right now, and he's kind of in the decision stage right now. And Dominic Sue, he has pretty much narrowed it down to the Rams and the Titans. That's what the reports are saying. So how big would that be if Sue actually did come to the Titans organization? Well, gosh, I mean, of course you always want to have a big, strong guy on your team, and he is someone who is known across the league as being a nasty player, and nasty in a good way, I mean, but just <laughs> being a dominant force on the field. So would I love it if he was a Tennessee Titan? Sure, that would be great. But I think that whatever whatever decision he makes or John Robinson and the team decides to make, I think that our defense is going to be just a force to be reckoned with. And I know that they're going to get the right pieces there. And if he feels like he is a fit here, or I don't know anything about that. They don't let me participate in all the fun (laughs) parts. I just show up on the back end and tell you what happened. But um, I, of course I, you always want to have the biggest, strongest, most dominant players and, and guys that fit your system. So I think that's going to be a big part of putting this defense together. But um, I know that Dean Pease is going to have some big things in store for this defense. I can't wait to see what he puts on the field every Sunday this coming up season. Amy Wells is still on the phone with us here. So, Amy, um, let's talk about the scouting combine. This is probably one of your favorite times of year when the scouting combine comes around. So it what, is. What, which <laughs> prospects did you see at the scouting combine and you just said, Wow. Just left an impression on you uh, more than the other players. Well, here's the thing. And you know, I, I know, and you know what name I'm about to say. And because everybody, say it again. That's the reason why everyone in the United States of America has the same answer, but I, I mean it deep down in my bones. And I was even trying to think like, is there someone else that I could say? And there's not really, it would just be a crime. <laughs> Shaquem Griffin blew me away. He really just did. We uh, did a visit with his 
twin brother Shaquille last year. So I'm kind of familiar with their story already. And he, his brother Shaquille was such a delight to work with. So I know that Shaquem is a good dude. And his story just really has blown me away and his work ethic. And I was in the room when he was doing his bench press and the level, like the sound level of the room just kind of started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was doing something different. Listen, at the combine, I am running in 30 different directions. I don't sit down. We are just in constant motion. And it got my attention enough to where I was like, what is happening? And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's benching. <laughs> it, was, it was just such a really cool thing to be a part of. And the excitement around it, he was so excited. It was, I, Mike Keith wasn't in the room with me, and so I texted him. I was like, you're missing it. This is awesome. <laughs> um, so it was just such a cool thing to be there for. And I know that every person who saw that and is familiar with his story is cheering for him like throughout the draft process. And I, I, would, I will be very excited to watch him play on Sundays. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So speaking of prospects, we have the draft coming around the corner. Um, so you have a very unique perspective of the team because uh, you're with them close to 24-7. You're always there at the organiza- with the organization. So yes. what positions of need do you think we need to address in the draft this season? I think the draft this year is very interesting for a couple different reasons. Number one, we have the 25th pick. So there are so many different directions you can go at that point in the draft. There, The possibilities are almost endless. You don't feel obligated to get a guy because he's on the board necessarily at that position. You don't feel obligated to get this guy that you are going that's going to be a big money. Obviously, I mean, he's your first-round draft pick. But it's not like a number one, number two, where there's so much scrutiny and such a hot spotlight on that position. So it takes some of that off. And also, it's just, I mean, there's so many different things that we can do in that spot. So that's exciting to me just because I don't have a clue what we're going to do with 25. In terms of positions of need, you can never have too many linebackers. You can never have too many DBs. You can never have too many wide receivers. You can never have too you know, I mean, the list goes on and on when it comes to um, positions that no matter what the situation is, you want to have them. And this draft is so deep. There are so many different positions that have just an amazing amount of depth that, I mean, even into the third and fourth rounds, you're going to be pulling out some players that could be with the organization for 10 years, you know? So it's a really, really cool draft. To answer your question directly, I have no idea what we're going to do. I don't know. (laughs) I just really don't. (laughs) But I'm so excited about it. Like, we, uh, we just started talking about well, Dallas is coming up, and what do we want to do, and can I go? Like, I want to be there. Um, I'm just, I'm tickled about this draft. I'm really, really ready for it to get here. And we usually have, like, several names up there. We usually have about five names in the draft that we're really looking at towards that are going to be the top guys. But this draft, like you said, I mean, it's a very, very deep yeah. draft. There's not really, I mean, Shaquan Bar- Bar- Barkley from uh, mm-hmm. Penn, right, State. From Penn State. That's a huge name that we're looking at. We're looking at quarterbacks, too. But there's not really that, you know, set list of here are the play- here are the people who are going one, two, three, four, and 5 this year. So, right. yeah. like you said, it's going to be very interesting to see in the draft. We're with Amy Wells, once again, from the Titans organization. Now, one of the newest things you're doing with the Titans organization, with Mike Keith uh, and Jim Wyatt, actually, you are doing Mm -hmm. the official Titans podcast. Tell us more about that. Oh, my gosh. The official Titans podcast is something that I am so, so proud of um, in the short time that it has been up. And we are still very much trying to get our footing and figure out what it's going to look like and how it's kind of going to grow and change. But It's been, holy smokes, I have been banging down Mike Keith's door about it for probably two years, two and a half years, and I finally wore him out, which is nice, and um, we, we were able to get something put together that is really a cool way for us to show even more of the Titans organization. I mean, usually, and I've told this story before, so stop me if you've heard it, but so many times we will 
put together something or do a bunch of interviews and say, well, we have to fit into four minutes on the TV show or, well, we've got to get it into this two minute package that we want to show people or, all right, well, we have to take a commercial break in five minutes. So let's just do as much as we can. So there's all this stuff that ends up just like stored on my laptop that no one ever sees. And so we were looking for a way to flesh out some of those stories, really give people a chance to get to know this organization, whether it's through players and coaches or whether it's through just stories that we're telling or different extra sound bites that we can give you. This is a medium that we can give more Titans access than we've ever been able to give before. And we are so excited about it. And frankly, we just have a blast sitting around. It's me and Mike and Jim, and we just sit in a room and start talking football. And I said something to Mike the other day because we were we were talking about how, like, this actually hasn't been as, like, painful as Mike thought it would be, of course, because I'm always right. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, he was like, no, I, like, I'm really pleased with that. And I said, well, Mike, the thing that makes it so organic is these are literally the conversations that we have just sitting around the office. Like these, these are the things that we legitimately just talk to each other about. So it's cool that now we can include some other people in on that conversation, you know? But yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, we recently had the episode talking about free agency and how some of the numbers fleshed out and like going through different contracts and what it means if we move for the cap room if we get rid of one guy and not someone else. And those are conversations that Mike and I legitimately just like sit around and have. Like that's just a Tuesday afternoon for us. So it's been really cool to say, oh, well, why don't we just talk about that on the podcast? Okay. <laughs> it's It's been a really organic thing for us, I think. And I am just so excited. I hope that everybody listens to it. Yeah, make sure you subscribe to it. I'm because, really I mean, excited. You guys have great stories there. And Mike, he is an encyclopedia of sports knowledge. Like, you ask he him is. anything, You're and he, he'll know the then, answer. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Just the few times I've had conversations with him, he just, it's it's mind-boggling to know how much information he has um, just at his at his leisure. So it's, it's yep. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Keith Bullock calls him the almanac. And anytime you try and refute Mike Keith on something, KB will be like, no, no, the almanac. He knows. He's right. And he always is. Like, you could talk to him about some game in 2002, and Mike Keith could tell you what temperature it was on that day. Yeah. He just knows. Yeah. I don't know. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's, it's absolutely insane. Well, yep. once again, subscribe to the official Titans podcast. You guys are on Stitcher. I know that. What other forms mm-hmm. of media are you guys on as well? Oh, gosh. We're on everything. We're on Google Play. We're on iTunes, of course. Um, Stitcher, you said. We're pretty much anywhere that podcasts are distributed. We are there. Very good. No well, excuses. Yeah, no excuses. Make None. sure you subscribe That's what on every <laughs> single platform you need to. It's a fantastic show. Um, I'm looking forward to more content over the coming weeks, heading into the next season. And once again, Amy Wells from the Tennessee Titans organization, communications coordinator, and all-around great gal. Amy Wells, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Amy. Of course. You guys are too kind. She's fantastic. Oh, she's great. Oh, my gosh. Sweetheart. Such a sweetheart. I'm so glad she joined us on the show. And we will definitely have her later on in the season because she has some great intake, some great insights. And I uh, can't wait to... Uh, Right behind the Call scenes again. stuff. Again, I know yeah, behind absolute, the scenes like, stuff. Again, as if you a Titans want, fan, how could you not listen to that? If podcast? you you need to listen to the podcast, it's the OTP. <laughs> yeah, you know the me. OT, no, the OTP. Oh. See, it's so good. Official Titans podcast. I, I got you. I love that. That's, That's good. Anyway, um, let's move on to the Peyton Manning news. He is contemplating Fox Sports Thursday Night Football broadcasting deal uh, to be the lead broadcaster in the booth for Thursday Night Football. I'm sold as long as he announces everything in the nationwide jingle. Yes, he should. He has to. He has to every, do that. Every play call has to be in the nationwide jingle. I, I, th- I think that, well, he turned down ESPN to take over John Gruden's position in e- and uh, the, you know, the crew there in Monday Night right. Football. Okay. So now he's looking at Fox for Thursday Night Football. I mean, do you think he actually does make the jump to broadcasting? I think so. I mean, Tony Romo did great. He, oh, he, he did. He did fantastic. His so. first, the first game he called, I actually watched the game. I forgot which game. I, I forgot which game it was, but I watched it. 
And he had such good insight. He told you what plays they were going to run, where they were, they were going to run the ball, if they were going to throw the ball, run the ball, whatever. He knew every single thing about the play that was happening on the field. So it gave us great insight oh, on what we should expect every single play. He was telegraphing everything. Yeah, I, I think Peyton will do a great job. I, I think so too. I think he'll... He'll he'll bring that knowledge. He'll bring that kind of insight and and, and some really, humor as well. Yeah, I think so. Because it, his, it'd be great if he just anytime he did an Eli game, he just ripped him. Oh uh, yeah, he just ripped him. He should. He should. I mean, he, he's just so genuine. Absolutely. If you talk yeah. to you watch nationwide commercials, he's not an actor. No, he's not by any stretch of the imagination. He's just a dad. He's, a he's dad. just a dad. He's one of those guys that you go out, grab a beer with. Maybe and you have a good Papa conversation. John's. Yeah, Papa John's maybe too. Yep. Although I don't think he has his franchises anymore. No, yeah, he, I think he cut that. that. He cut he's that off done. real quick. Yeah. Um, but you just Pizza have, a, Hut. have a beer with it. Pizza Hut. Our new spot. There you go. <laughs> or Domino's. Little Caesars. One of them. Flippers. Oh, you know? Flippers. Flippers. Then you get on that. Hey, Flippers, call up Peyton Manning. He will definitely join. Um, but yeah, so I think that it'll be really, really cool to see him in the broadcast booth. Hopefully he does take the leap. I think that it's just... As of right now, he's talking to his family yeah, and I think just so. kind of contemplating that way. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully, he does go to the broadcast booth. That'd be really, really cool for Vols fans, too. Vols fans for yeah. life. So, anyway, uh, there's a report that Manziel actually was going to throw for pro, uh, scouts at the, the San Diego Pro Day today. And he did. Heard it went well. Went really well, apparently. Yeah. He only missed two throws that he attempted. Um, it's officially comeback season. Officially comeback season. I th- comeback S-Z-N. It's a great hashtag. I use it for a lot of things. It's so good. Anything you want. So good. I, I think that Manziel would do a really good job back in the NFL. I think I, so. He was so good in college. Yeah. And we've missed so much time of having Johnny Football on the field that I think it's time for him to return. Well, I, I think he he's growing up. You know, he finally hit that. We hope so. We hope so. We hope so. Um, But it it appears that way, at least, you know, if if you need to call up the show and tell me I'm wrong in a couple of months, uh, Dylan can provide you with that. information. Uh, Yes, I will. No, I think I think he's finally coming around a little bit. He's realizing that if he wants to make it, he's got to, you know, put the effort into it can't just be I'm Johnny football and. I tore it up at Texas A&M and here I am. Yeah. And, and you know, his fan, he comes from a background of money. We all right. know this. Yep. Um, he, his dad's a Texas tycoon. He has all this money and everything. So you can tell with all the work he's put into it so far, he's not coming back for money. He's coming back to play the sport. He loves he's coming to play in the NFL. He wants you to know, play in the NFL. I mean, dream. even though he has said that he would play in the CFL I mean, and there have been offers from teams in the CFL for him to come out there and play, but if he has a chance in the NFL, he's going to take it. Go and I, I think that with this scouting day he had, or this pro day he had in San Diego, I think there's a good chance that the team picks him up. Yeah, and I, I think so. You know, even the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah, they had a couple of scouts there. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, that would, be, that would be a good move for them. I think that John Elway could do a lot with Johnny Menzel. And as far as we're concerned, I think Case Keenum's not really going to be the. He's not named the starter yet. No, he's he's a stopgap. He's gonna he's gonna bring that leadership that they need in the locker room. But that's you know it, otherwise for the Broncos, that's not their franchise QB. And we usually um, see it when it comes to backup quarterbacks who jump in for a season who are successful. They're usually not as successful the next season. Yeah, no, we've that, seen it time and time again. We've seen it from backup quarterbacks from Green Bay, backup quarterbacks from New England. Although uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is looking like he is a completely different story in right, San, in San yeah. Francisco, but we've seen it time and time again where the backup quarterback plays a few good games. Even though Case Keenum played more than just a few games, but right. still, he played a good game last year, and teams are chomping at the bit to sign him. Uh, I think that it's going to be another story of, oh, it's Case Keenum again. Yeah. I think we're going to see the old Case Keenum again this year. I, I think Manziel and Denver is a good fit. I think I, so, too. I think it's – hopefully it's only a matter of time. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would, too. So, speaking of um, notable franchises in the league, the Carolina Panthers are up for sale, and there are expected bids that will eclipse – $2.5 billion, How not million, billion dollars. Well, d- did you see the Forbes article where they priced them at 2.3? Yeah. So we're already ahead of that. When the bills sold, the bills it was like were like 1.4. 1.4, yeah. 1.4 bill. So what happened? I, I don't know. 
I don't know. And it's not I don't think it's necessarily because of the namesake. No, I mean the Panthers absolutely. are not a huge team. I mean the so, NFL does want to keep them in Carolina, so they that do. could have something to do with with maybe, you know, we won't relocate or maybe along those lines. But yep. like two point five. Like, That's, wow. And it's not even like, oh, we're putting it up for you know, market for two point five billion. There are actual people saying they will bid two point five yeah. billion dollars to own that team. And, you know, I, I would love to see what the number would be for like the Dallas Cowboys. Oh my, I thought the same thing. Like, or, what, do you, what do you price the Patriots at? Yeah, what do you oh price my the Cowboys gosh. at? Oh my God. It has to be at least at least double that. Yeah, easily. At least easily. double that. I mean, whew, that's a hefty price tag. I mean, I, I gawk at people who, you know, buy a car for $100,000. Buying an NFL team for $2.5 billion, that, ugh. Yeah. You will never see that kind of money in, in our lives. No. It's, never, it's, ever will. We can combine our lifetime salaries, exactly. and we will never touch that number. We're not buying the Panthers. No, we're not buying the Panthers. We're not, unless we you're buying it for if, unless you're selling it for like you know twenty bucks. Yeah, I'd buy that. I'll I can squeeze Cam. out twenty bucks for the Carolina Panthers. And Cam, I take Cam Newton for twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that'd be fine. Twenty-five even. Twenty. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll splurge. I'll 30. splurge. I'll splurge. <laughs> 30 bucks. It's been a good week. Yeah, that's my bid. $30. Uh, let's move on to some basketball news. So like we said in the opening, March Madness was insane. Mad. Madness. Yeah, madness. It was madness, which it always is. I was going to say, I'm not surprised anymore. I mean, it's as the years have gone on, I feel like it's gotten progressively crazier. And even if it hasn't in terms of the the, the matchups, like a, a 16 beat a one. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. First time ever. Huge. Uh, also, some breaking news. Michigan just beat Texas A&M 99 to 72 during this uh, during this broadcast. So uh, that's that's huge during the recording of the show. So I thought huge. Texas A&M after beating UNC was uh, was going to be pretty, pretty ready to go for this game. But yeah, uh, obviously not. So they were caught on their heels, apparently. Um, but let's just talk about the first two rounds. What game? was the biggest upset in your mind. How do you knock over Virginia? I mean, Virginia was was tough. Um real tough. That I I I was so surprised after Virginia that there were still perfect brackets out there. Yeah. Like I I mean, I get it. You all there's always the chance that it happens, but never before. You know, it it's I I think Virginia for sure for me. Um Virginia and Marshall beating Wichita State was pretty big too. That, that was a big one. I mean, I know a lot of people had that one, but definitely unexpected. Wichita State usually brings it. I was going to say. They For the tournament, a, they they're usually, seed. yeah, they usually bring it. And they didn't. No, <laughs> I mean, They just they, didn't they, this year. They left it at home. Yeah, they left it at home. Uh, it, was, it was really, really bad. I mean, I would say my upset would probably have to be Buffalo over Arizona. Yeah, that one. Buffalo no, I, killing I Arizona by 20, uh, 21 points. I mean, every projection that you saw for Arizona said that they were one of the best teams in the country. And obviously and they we weren't. Knew that. We yeah. knew that. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the, the wheels fell off the bus. And then Buffalo got blown out by Kentucky. So you see how bad Arizona was just by that metric right there. Yeah. I mean, Arizona just did not want to play in this tournament, it no. seems like. They were wanting to go home early. It's, it's unbelievable. But, I mean, you love to see it, though, at the same time, too. Like, you do. You, you do. At this point, we expect those upsets. Although, unless you're betting on Unle- it, yeah, then you won't. You won't like them at all. No. I mean, I, I I bet ten bucks. Okay, so that, that, okay. that's not bad. I'm okay. You're not breaking the bank like yeah, two point eight billion or whatever. Yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't put two point five bill down <laughs> for for the Panthers. Or Here's for my, my deposit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little overboard there. Don't do that. OTT. Don't do that. So um, let's talk about final four predictions of the teams that are remaining right now. Uh, who do you think is going to be in the final four? I mean, if we're, I'm going to stay true to my bracket. I had Virginia, Gonzaga, um, Duke, and Villanova. Okay, Virginia's out. Yeah, uh, I think Kentucky comes out of that that uh, side of the bracket there. Yep. I think at this point they're on a roll. Um, out of the teams that are remaining, I think that they've got the most skill and the most depth. But I'd love to see Loyola Chicago come out just for that'd uh, be why cool. Not? That'd be amazing. That'd be cool. But I don't think they're going to beat Kentucky if Kentucky yeah. moves on. As of right now, it looks like Kentucky is down seven zero against Kansas State. 
it's really early, early, early lots, in the lots game. Of time. Lots of time left, but uh, they're they're down so far. That just whole side of the bracket now. Like you've got Kansas State, Kentucky, Loyola, Chicago, and Nevada. Nevada. That's that are gonna. One of those teams is gonna go to the Final Four. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. No one saw that. I just want to see if there were any analysts out there who chose any of those teams to go to the Elite Eight I, or the Sweet Sixteen. If there if there are, they're few and far between because you had Virginia, you had Cincy, you had Tennessee. Yeah. All these, yeah. I thought Tennessee was gonna go pretty far. I thought they were too. I, I thought that this would could be I was there hoping yet. they were. I know you were. I know you were. <laughs> I was hoping so bad, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, sorry about it. So yeah, I mean, I would have to say Kentucky's Kentucky's definitely a favorite to win the South. I think with the West, I think that now you have to go with Michigan. I mean, you have Gonzaga and Florida State playing tonight as well at ten, um, but I think that Michigan can come out of that and get to the Final Four. I think so. I think Gonzaga in their first two games kind of looked a little lost. So I think it it all depends on the game that Gonzaga brings tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're if they're rolling. They'll go into Michigan hot, but I think Michigan definitely at this point with the the momentum they've gained, they're definitely looking to come out. Uh, and so now in the Midwest, I mean, I was looking at Syracuse and Duke. They're matched up, and uh, Kansas and Clemson are matched up as well. So I mean, looking at those odd matchups, I think Duke's going to roll over Syracuse. Syracuse has only been scoring about 55 points a game. Yeah. Um, Duke has been averaging 87.5 points a game. So they're, they're actually playing pretty well right now. I think that Duke's going to win that one. Um, but So it looks like it's probably going to be a Kansas versus Duke um, battle in the Elite Eight. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke actually walks away with that one. I mean, that that's, that's something that... Duke uh, just always brings it. It doesn't matter... Duke just anytime you get on a basketball court with with Duke you better watch out yeah yeah you better Duke's fantastic and with Grayson Allen having his last year as a senior um, I think that team's just too good not to be in the final four and then looking at the east I think that of the teams that are still left Purdue and Villanova will probably be in the in the elite um, elite eight yeah I think that I had Purdue winning in one of my brackets I okay. think Purdue's actually going to do very well. So I'll go with Purdue. I'll probably be wrong again. because I've got, I've got Nova. Um, but uh, per, here's the thing. If if Nova brings their game, they're, they're all oh, they're, they're Yeah, they're done. But Purdue is kind of scary right now. Yeah. I mean, they're Those they're Boilermakers, rolling. man. The boiler, they're rolling. <laughs> they're rolling. They're shoveling coal. They're, they're going. <laughs> yeah. The, I engine's, mean, the engine's moving. So I think that that that's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, and we'll talk more about it next week. We'll talk about the finals and everything too, but I think that, yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting run to the finish. So let's move on to the NBA. Kyrie Irving has been has gone down with a knee injury, and there's a report out there saying that it could be season-ending. did read that, yeah. Um, how big of a crushing blow would that be to the Boston Celtics if Kyrie can't go? Yeah, I mean, they've clinched. Yeah, you know they're 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 getting ready to go, and to to have Kyrie go down, that's that's a tough one. But the question is, do do they rest him now until the playoffs? Do they just do they do they sit him out? I mean, they get Hayward back next year. Yeah. So do you do you wait until both of those guys are healthy, and then because we we know they're going to be a threat next year. Yeah, they do, will be. Do you just wait and maybe say next year's the year, or I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, no team plans for this. Yeah, they really don't. I mean, he's been averaging 24.4 points this season, 3.8 rebounds, and 5.1 assists. Um, so he's had a good year. Uh, I think that he is one of the playmakers on their team. It's just it's tough to see a player of that caliber go down. I always love to go watch a playoff series with everyone healthy. I want to see the best of the best yeah, play absolutely. the best of the best. Um, so that way, when they do win a championship, it's because of, you know, we know who the actual champion is. Right. So with Kyrie Irving going down, I mean, it's going to be hard to see that um, come to fruition if he is a season-ending if, injury if like it. it. Yeah. yeah. If it's season-ending, that's going to be a tough, tough blow for the Boston Celtics and their playoff hopes. Um, so the Spurs apparently had a players-only meeting talking about Kawhi Leonard um, imploring imploring the Boston Celtic. Uh, no, I'm sorry, um, imploring the San Antonio Spurs to bring back Kyrie and let him play. But apparently they didn't. Or, or they didn't. <laughs> they they, they didn't, apparently. Danny Green came out saying, we didn't have that meeting. I don't know what you're talking about on Twitter. So I don't know if it was because 
he just wasn't they, invited they to the meeting. They did have a players' meeting. They did. They did. Um, it's just I, what I guess was said in the meeting. It was said that it was very emotional and it was very you know kind of tug at your heartstrings and it was Green was just like no, it's, no, that's it not didn't it. Happen. That's not it. No, not at all. But so I, I mean, they're closed. They're closed door for a reason. So maybe yeah. we're not supposed to know. Maybe you know maybe. Maybe they were they were reciting poetry and it was emotional. But the Spurs have been sputtering, um, have, yeah. to say the least. And I mean Kawhi Leonard, I mean he is their one of the main focal points of that team. So it'd be really hard for them to actually be successful in the tournament if they even get there. I mean they're they're, they're pretty low in the seeding right now. I believe they're fourth seed or sixth seed right now. So they're pretty low down the um, down the totem pole as of right now. So they have to play some pretty good basketball yeah. leading up to the playoffs this season. Um, and I mean, the playoff picture is pretty much shaking out the way we thought it would be. Uh, the Houston Rockets are up there. Um, the Clippers are not in it as of right now. Um, they're outside looking in right now, which is not good for them. Um, then you have, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course, are going to be playing well. Um, you have the Golden State Warriors playing well too. How about the Sixers? The Sixers are doing some good things right now. It's gonna, I mean, they, they have the potential to be a four seed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. So there's some really, really cool matchups going to be happening. Um, And some teams that we haven't seen in the playoffs in a while. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the NBA for the playoffs. And um, one good note to end on is last week, Russell Wilson hit his 100th triple-double of his career, which is... The fourth guy to do it. Yeah. Fourth guy to do it. It was Robinson. Magic Johnson and Jason Kidd. Yeah. And then look at uh, Russell Westbrook coming out there. And I read this morning. He has more than twice as many as any other franchise. That's insane. The, the Cavs are the next closest with 44. That's and then insane. Russell Westbrook has 100. Wow. He's a great player. He is. He's, he's phenomenal. He's I mean, dominant. If he was on any other team, I'd say he probably has a ring right now. Oh, 100%. At, at, at least one, if not multiple. Yeah. Because he, he is a, a star player. I wish that he had the key pieces around him, which, I mean, this this season he's actually done pretty well with the key the has, pieces yeah. around him. Um, they do have better players on their team this year. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish him all the best. I hope he does get to that higher echelon where he needs to go to get yeah. some rings. I think that he uh, he will need to go ring, ring hunting soon. Uh, uh, there's going to be a point where it, every player gets to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very few are fortunate to be on a team that they, they love and – can ring hunt at the same time yeah yeah so russell westbrook as of right now is still staying in okc so we'll see if he stays there as the catalyst for that team for the next few seasons now let's move on to some hockey news this is some good news for both you and i the chicago blackhawks were officially eliminated from the playoffs this this week oh my god about time eh yeah this is the first time in a decade oh it's it's huge it's huge it's the first time in a decade this has happened yeah and that's one last team we have to worry about in the playoffs. Well, so I I think based on the year, I think Quenville goes. I think there's a lot of drama in the locker room. There's yeah. a lot of behind the scenes stuff between the the between the owner and Quenville, and I I think Quenville's out. I, I think I, it I, I, he, it wouldn't I be surprising. He's a great coach. He is a great he's coach, gonna, and he's going to be gone for like three minutes before somebody else picks him up. So he'll land on his feet. They won't have to pay him. But I th- I think Quenville's out in Chicago. It, it's it's looking that way. Yeah. He I mean. You, well, you can't you can't get rid of a a, a, ta- a, a Taves or a Kane. No. You can't. No. They, that's your team. Mm-hmm. You know. So what do you do? You start from the top. You got to go, coach. You have to. And I mean, them giving out Ryan Hartman to the Predators too. And that was one of their young players that, that was, actually had a pretty promising career yeah, ahead was, of him. Uh, that was probably one of the more surprising trade deadline moves. Yeah. I think. But, I mean, if you're not in contention, you have to do something, I guess. Yeah. And they did something. And so now the Predators are looking, looking pretty with Ryan Hartman on the team. And Ryan Hartman's looking at another Stanley Cup, possibly. So, I mean, that's a good thing for him. So, Brad Marchand and the Boston Bruins uh, have been, I know, we don't like Boston. Brad Marchand is scum. So, let's that's talk about my, this. That's my opinion. So, Brad Marchand. Putting it out there. <laughs> he was at the All-Star Game. He had a five-game suspension he was serving when he went to the All-Star Game and they still let him go at the all-star game when he hit the ice when he had the puck in his on his oh, stick the boo birds were boo birds were everywhere you could hear the boo birds up here in Orlando. oh, oh was, you could for sure you could probably hear them in boston it was it was bad it was it was awful 
I, I don't know why he was still there, but he was. Um, but he is leading the charge with the Boston Bruins. They are skyrocketing right now they are, up yeah. to the top of the, the rankings. And, I mean, they're looking like a very, very powerful team for the playoffs. They're crazy. And they just brought in Donato. Yeah. His season ended in college. He had his first game, I, I believe he had a goal and two assists. So when you bring in young guys like that, like that's that's the name of the game right now in the NHL. It's these young guys on these these entry level contracts that are just like insanely fast mm-hmm. that are skating circles around everyone. And and you know, that's the name of the game right now. It is. And and Brad Marchand, like I said, he is just leading the charge of the Boston Bruins. Unfortunately. That team unfortunately, exactly. <laughs> um good goal tending. Good scoring, good defense. I mean, they're an all-around solid team. So those guys in that conference are going to have to look out for them because in the Eastern Conference, they're just heating it up right now. Um, And some other teams that are heating it up, I mean, Washington Capitals are looking like they're doing really good this year. Um, They're not going to be getting the President's Trophy. I don't think they're getting anywhere near close to that. But, I mean, they're still going to be a solid team. I think they're actually relieved that they don't have that pressure on top of them because yeah. having the president's trophy we've seen uh, other than the chicago blackhawks teams don't really do well winning the president's trophy and going to the stanley cup as well no it's it's very rare that you see it and i think with washington uh especially it's it's that second round curse uh i think i think depending on their matchup i think it could be a good year i mean i love my devils i think if they make the playoffs they're going to surprise some teams but we haven't fared well against Washington so far this year. And if, if a team like that ends up matching up against them, Washington could go pretty deep. They could. They could. Um, so let's talk about the Predators real quick. They're doing great. They're doing great. That's all I have to say. That's, I mean, they, I they've scored They've scored points in the last 12 games they've played. They're like 11-0-1. They're, they're insane. Uh, they're, they're just clicking. They're just clicking. They're a well-oiled machine. And the one of the main reasons why they are well-oiled machine is because of Pecorine. Pe- yeah. Pecorine has been having a career year, and he's been in the Vezina Trophy conversation for a, for quite some time now. Um, and here are some numbers to back it up. So he's had 40 wins this season. That's, That's the first in the NHL. He's first in the NHL with that one. Yes, first in the NHL. Goals against average, 2.21 goals against, uh, which is first in the NHL. Save percentage, 9.31 first. Slot save percentage, 8.83 first. Inner slot save percentage, 8.33 And he's got first. Like eight shutouts this Eight year, shutouts right? this season. Eight, right? First. Wow. So Trivia fact. There. Yeah, Chris Mason has been pushing really, really hard for Pecorino to be the Vezina Trophy winner. And when you look at those numbers, it's really hard to say no to it. It's hard. I mean, it's. I'll be honest. There's good competition this year. Oh, there Va- is. Vasilevsky in Tampa is probably the next closest. Hellebuck up in Winnipeg. Hellebuck's been doing really good, too. He's been yeah. ins- I think those are your top three right there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pekka is just – he's a beast. He's – I mean, just even looking at the guy. Like, he takes up the entire net. He's six six. Yeah, he's, he's huge. He's a monster. He's huge. Um, and he, he just plays the game well. And what a class act on and off the ice. I mean, like, you couldn't think of a more deserving guy to pick up a trophy like that. And, I mean, the Predators also, they have their um, – they lead the league in goals against per game. Yeah. You know, so it's – it's he's going to get – not going to get because we don't know. But at this rate, I mean, he's up for the Jennings. Mm-hmm. And he's up for the Vezina. Yeah. You know, that's elite. Yeah, it's that's elite. The, that's the only word I can it's use. It's elite status, and especially for his age, too. Um, he's blossoming at the right time. So it, There's no slowing down. No, no. There's, there's Last none. year in the middle of the season, they were saying, oh, he's done. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's aging out, but he's he isn't. He's well, doing he, fantastic. How old is he? He's mid-35? Mid-35, yeah. So Mid-30s, yeah. And, and you've got Lundqvist, who's slowing down mm-hmm. in, in his high 30s. You yep. know, so and yep. Nowhere near it. Crazy stuff. Uh, let's do a 30-second Devils update as well. So the Devils, they're, they're really starting to scare me right now. <laughs> uh, they're second in the wild card. Uh, the Panthers are rolling in hot. And I think the Devils do have the potential to cl- not necessarily clinch, but make that second wild card. Uh, they play Pittsburgh tomorrow night, and they play Tampa over the weekend. Two teams, obviously, super, super good, but they've beaten them both times they've played them this year. There you so go. So I think with two big wins there, I think that they'll be rolling and they play the Rangers. They've got Toronto, Washington. They can just keep that momentum, but right now the, the goaltending situation is tough between Corey and Keith Kincaid. There you go. Uh, let's move on to winners and losers because we're actually 
this is a packed show this this evening. Uh, so let's stuff. go to winners and losers. For my winner, I'm going to say Loyola Chicago in the March Madness bracket was a huge win for them, huge win for the city, huge win for the for the school as well. And my loser this week is the NFL uh, the NFL VP for coming out saying that guess what we might eliminate kickoffs altogether. That, that's so understand. dumb. Absolutely understand. dumb. It doesn't have anything to do with safety. I think it's stupid. Um, let's go to your winners and losers. I'm going to start with my loser. I'm, I'm going Virginia. I mean, how do you not? It, you have 16, to. 16, taking over a one. I mean, go retreat. First time in NCAA time March Madness history. I'd, I'd First be time. remiss if I didn't mention it. I mean, oh, yeah. it's – how do you recover? Virginia will never recover from that. They won't. I'd transfer. I, <laughs> I'd transfer personally. I am done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to UMBC. Yep. Sorry. Um, for winners, I'm going with the Boston Bruins. I hate Brad Marchand. Oh. I get it. Uh, but they're rolling right now. They're rolling. A lot of people didn't even have them in the playoff race at the beginning of the year, and here they are. They've already clinched a spot. I think the bees go far. Yeah, I, I agree. So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds with Dylan James, on Twitter, OOB Podcast. You can also listen to us on WBLZ Sports every single Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and Scott, actually, you can follow him on t- on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, if you want to give your hashtags or your t- uh, handles there too, uh, I am at sdress92. Uh, I try to be funny. You might not think I am. That's all I got. That's fine. That's fine. And you I can got- follow me at Dylan underscore James on Twitter. Also, Dylan James underscore Florida FL on Instagram. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks, Scott, for joining Thank us on the show this me. week. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.